Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Westcliff Climb. Uh, I'm Pastor Joshua Duffy. Glad to be back with you. I've been out of town uh, just for a smidge. Um, so it's good to be back. Um, sorry for those of you that I've missed out on. I know a few of you reached out to me uh, about what was the deal. Um, ended up going out of town and uh, wasn't something we're necessarily expecting. I had invested in a trip uh, roughly, my goodness, almost three years ago um, and uh, had to put it off due to COVID. And um, and I pushed it off every about every six months. I have to move it out another six months, move it out another six months because I did not want to risk being stranded uh, upon testing positive uh, in another country. So I kept pushing it out, pushing it out, booked it in 19 and before I could push the trip out another six months, um, literally 10 days before our most recently updated itinerary schedule went out, um, the United States dropped any and all restrictions uh, on uh, pre-boarding departure from out of the country back into the United States, which is another way of saying all of my excuses were gone. <laughs> so uh, at that point, I had to uh, uh, get my act together. Um, this particular country said, hey, uh, we've put this off for more than two years for you. You can either um, now take advantage of what you have given us money for um, or by the end of August, or you will lose everything. And so we very quickly had to pull together a trip. It was out of town. It was fantastic. It was uh, to a certain degree spontaneous, which I love which uh, my wife did not. But once we got there, we had a blast. So while I'm in another country, I uh, am gone no more than four days. And then I discover um, that uh, Roe v. Wade is flipped upside down on its ear, uh, creating no shortage, I'm quite certain, of chaos here in the United States. Um, And then uh, a firestorm of debate, of course, across um, the country and the world. Now, granted, what what the discussion really is is pushing it back to the states. Um, I so so here's just some thoughts, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into this deeper this Sunday at uh, at my church, Pilgrim Lutheran Church, um, as we tie it into the the story of Esther. We're closing out the series on Esther, and so we're we're gonna dive into this as well. But this is, you know this is kind of strange to me and, and maybe I'm, if I'm being a little judgy, forgive me. Okay. If I'm coming across judgy here in a moment, I, because I, I, I know the gap of my understanding and all understanding is motive. So I, I want to try my best not to ascribe motive to what I'm seeing. It's just kind of a gut like feeling that I have. And maybe you feel it too. Maybe I'm off. I don't know. Okay. I'm just, I'm a guy talking in front of a green screen. That's it. Um, It feels like something that pastors and Christians should be elated. Um, It feels like even, even when something like this, that's pretty amazing just happened. We, we, I don't know. It's almost like we're, it feels like we're almost halfway apologizing for it. Or I, I don't know what that is. It, it's the only way I can seem to put it into words. We're, we're like, 
cautiously thankful. I, I don't know what it is. It's almost like it's almost it's a bizarre thing in our culture. And I don't know if that's because the Christian church or Christians are are more and more divided on on this issue. I don't know why we're divided on that issue. I understand intellectually why we are, but as as followers of Jesus, I, I don't I don't quite understand why we why we aren't on the, all on the same page on this particular issue. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's fascinating to me. We're in a, uh, we're going into the 4th of July, um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So I I just thought I would just kind of pass on, um, some thoughts here. Some of them may be highly offensive to you and may, um, cause you to unfollow Westcliff forever. Um, or, or quite possibly draw you in or, or maybe just cause you to think, listen, and if you think differently than me, um, you know, there's no, no judgment there. I'm not, I'm not looking to get into arguments or fights. I think, I think we've had enough of that. Um, and we'll probably have a fair dose of it all the more coming in our future. I just think that maybe these are some things worth considering. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't always know. I know we, we talk a lot about the separation of church and state. Um, I, I, in my view, that has most certainly been abused uh, for what it was meant to be about, which is um, keeping me from, um, you know, in some way, shape or form, uh, being able to impose some other way of life on some other person or deny them some kind of goods and services or treat them differently based on their religious affiliation. Um, the separation of, of church and state, I mean, loosely said, is is that's the heart of what we're talking about. But that was never meant to push God out of the conversation. Um, and and I think just on a baseline level, for some reason, we have conceded that. I mean, that's so ingrained in all of our brains the separation of church and state that it's actually evolved into we don't bring god into the conversation of our governance and government at all um that that's worked its way into the psyche of so many of our people uh on all sides of this issue that like oh we we can't we can't go there and and jesus didn't come to set up an an earthly kingdom but he he came to set up a heavenly one and and no doubt the 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 one that he came into uh, whenever he you know his feet hit the ground here on this earth no doubt was a you know pagan greco-roman religion and and he didn't necessarily undermine that you know so on and so forth but like if you really stop and, and think about it um you know that that goes all the way back to um, like the story of Saul, when everyone chose Saul because he was taller than everybody and good looking. At that point, they said, we want an earthly leader. And and the people are warned. You realize you're going to get taxed to death. You're going to get treated differently. You're going to go to wars you don't want to go to. And a government's going to take all your stuff. And they still wanted it. you know. And even when you think about Jesus standing next to Jesus, we forget that. Jesus Barabbas, Jesus Baraba, which is Jesus, son of father. That's Barabbas. And he's standing next to Jesus, the son of the father, right? I mean, there is like the last chance yet again for people in an earthly context to choose the right person as their leader. <laughs> and even then they don't, you know? So um, I, I think the whole idea 
of governments being secular and the and governments being um, kind of standing in opposition to God. Um, I understand the separation of church and state. I don't know that God has any issue at all with being preeminent and at the very top of our priorities and conversation when it comes to our governments. I don't, I don't think he's as good as we may think to have him not a part of the conversation of our country and our government and our governance and civil matters. Um, I think we've allowed it to turn into that. And I think that only kind of confuses the discussion, honestly. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because really, I think the pushback that you're up against, whether you realize this or not as a Christian, is less about the separation of church and state and the government. But what happens when the state begins to disciple the church? Um, what happens when the state begins to sign off on and begins to align itself with other um, other movements that begin to function as religions themselves? And you just don't notice it because it's not explicitly packaged as a religion. But if you really think about it, it it really does. It's functioning as a religion. There is, there are movements happening. We're in the, we're in, we're in pride month right now. Um, there's an outreach and evangelism side to that particular movement. Um, there's a desire to go after kids and pull them into the movement. Um, teaching them young. Uh, right. I mean, so far, what have I said so far? That's that much different than the church that you go to right? Um, there is atonement for past sins. We've been, we've been seeing that play itself out uh, in culture over and over again. Um, and, and I think the reason why you have, um, and, and this may be terribly uh, unpopular, but I think like you look at how in this kind of cultural religion, okay, that, that has atonement for sins, only you, the listener, you're going to atone for the past sins. Because the Godhead of that religion, uh, kind of the government religion, they're not going to die for you and they're not going to take the hit for you. They're going to blame you. And it's your job then to pay for the sins of the past. Okay. Um, and there's faith statements that we're all called to make as well uh, along the way. Um, and so the, it really does, in my view, it functions very much like a religion, a lot less like uh, a government. And so that's that's kind of like like the baseline level of some of the craziness that's that's happening around us that impacts the way I think a Christian can even think about this whole situation, you know. And so, you know, when I look at this, it's sort of like, hey, you know, this is sort of like, um, you know, almost like the sacrament being protected. If you're I'm looking at the reaction culturally and it's sort of like if you tried to tell pastors like uh, you're not allowed to practice um, communion any longer. Um, you know, it's the true body and true blood of the unborn. You look at all the rioting that's happened over the last two years, right? And um, you, you won't find a Planned Parenthood that got so much as a scratch through this whole thing. But police stations, churches, civic centers, whatever, um, you know, they went up in flames. Or, or were vandalized pretty badly. So like you think about this whole thing surrounding the unborn um, is, is quite 
you know, it's, it goes to the core and the center of kind of this cultural belief and um, kind of this cultural religion. So, um, you know, that, that's really my view, number one of, of a big aspect of it. And, and I, one of the most fascinating things to me as again, I was getting caught up on the story and all the happenings and the, and the debating going on is really for the, like the last several months. Um, if you really go back, we, we haven't been able to, um, you know, we haven't been able to define a, a baby really now for like 50 years. Right. Um, you know, at first we, we weren't clear, uh, if what, where they were at developmentally 50 years ago. And then as science kind of got caught up, we went, Oh, okay, wait a minute. This is, this is more what's going on inside of a child before they're born. So then we came up with other names rather than calling it a baby, right? Cause we'd rather dehumanize it. Um, just a smidge. Right. Um, and, and then as we got to a place where we, we can't really define when it actually had life because it's no more than a year ago, maybe six months ago, right? Like New York legislation comes out that basically says, hey, or an attempt at New York legislation that a baby that is going to be aborted and, it, and, it, and it's unsuccessful, that that child can die on the operating table after being born. So um, we haven't been able to define that aspect of it culturally, if you think about it. Um, we haven't been able to define as of last month, what a woman is, right? Um, we, we can't really even define America. We can't define what is an American. We can't even define life right now. So what's interesting is then when something like this comes down, suddenly we're like crystal clear again on what a woman is. I mean, last month we didn't know what a woman was and now we know what a woman is again. So like, this is kind of that whole this is the whole bizarre nature of this thing that you're up against um, as followers of Jesus. That's really only designed um, to, to just kind of, kind of confuse folks. Like that's the whole point. That's the whole goal. Um, you know, so I, I, I want to, I want to impress upon you is really, and truly um, of all the debates, you know, what Satan really desires is confusion. Satan's all about confusion. Um, God is all about clarity. and and there are a lot of issues to be unearthed and unpacked in America. There is no question about it. Um, this is, this is a state, you know, like the truth of the matter is, and this will make more conservative people uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm not trying to throw any side or the other a bone. Um, it's just, if you're going to be even attempt to be objective, I mean, we, from our inception, we have a habit of, choosing which of our citizenry um, has more or less value, inherent value or dignity is. So this isn't just an abortion issue, not in my mind. It, it's something that's woven into um, our very beginning of, of our inception. A deist is not a Christian necessarily um, unless they explicitly say I'm a Christian and I follow Jesus exclusively to call one a deist, that's great. That's not the same thing. It's just not. And I know we try to make it. I get it. But it's not. Um, and so if you really look at our history, that's in our history. You know? And it's playing itself out. Now we've got this battle with with uh, Roe v. Wade being flipped and how people feel about that. But it's that's that's a part of, you know, kind of what, we, what we're about. Um, 
and, and so what I what I really think is like Satan would love to confuse this with a lot of other issues. And there's a lot of other issues in America of how Christians handle it that are so, so important. But he, here's the thing. Like we're looking at the story of Esther, right, in our church. And um, Esther is about a woman who makes the most faithful decision she can possibly make in the midst of nothing but broken options and choices. That's it. Um, it's about God using the broken shards of, of a destroyed, perfect will, intent, and design that sin destroyed, and now kind of putting and piecing together a mosaic in absolute perfection in a way only God can. And, and so what am I saying? I'm saying that something like Roe v. Wade is about making the most faithful uh, reality out of nothing but broken options. Because the fact of the matter is, there will be abortion moving forward. Um, there will be, um, you know, death and suffering moving forward. There will be horrible situations and family situations moving forward. You look at the life of Esther. She saved her people for a time. Okay, but the, holo- the Holocaust still came. And that's the thing about evil. It's not going to stop in this life. So the, the fallacy we have to put to bed is that any one of the choices that we make in this life end anything or stop anything. But we're also not God. So see, we tend, we tend to fall into one of two camps. It's no good. And, and the, the one camp is, yeah, you know, like I'm making this decision because I think this decision or I'm behind this. So, you know, if you're pro flipping this thing upside down, which I dig, what happened? But it's not going to end hardship, pain, and suffering. Um, I, I will say that there's no nation that I can think of that whenever it's sacrificed, they're, 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 they're most innocent amongst them that eventually isn't judged. It's just, that's just a fact. If you don't see the value of something when it is six weeks old, you know, six pounds, three ounces in the womb, you won't see the value of it when it's six foot, three inches tall. It either has intrinsic value or it doesn't, Right. So one issue is like we can we can fall into the fallacy that may that any one of these things can end or solve. It won't end or solve. But then the other end of the argument with some Christians is 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 actually it's to be honest, is the thinking we can play God. We're gonna give people these choices, and in making these choices, uh, you know, it's tough, life or death, but here's the situation. And I and I've had people tell me that. Well, I know of scenarios that were so bad that this is the best option. Well, we're not nihilists. We're not. That's nihilistic Christianity, which is an oxymoron, right? So it's it's going to come down to trusting God in His Word. The world is a terrible place. What is the most faithful thing we can do with the time that we have on this earth? You know. Um, so I say all that to say. Um, you know, all of this that's happened, uh, and I really believe this, is is really all connected. Um, this is this is a first step um, for Christians out there who are, are really pleased with the decision that's come down. Uh, no doubt, um, our pregnancy centers and the work that's being done and started uh, by faithful followers of Jesus must continue. Um, the other discussions about life and the dignity of life 
of our citizens and our people outside of the womb walking around as full grown adults um, don't become any less important. In fact, they become just, if not more important now. Um, and all of this stuff is tied together and connected together. Um, and, and I do think that this is a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing that's happened. I'm amazed that it happened. Uh, thank God that, that that's a, but it's only a first step. Um, we're not in the position to rule the world. We're not God. We don't hold, hold all things in the palm of our hand. Um, the way that I view this, this is about uh, being faithful, as faithful as one can be. I think it's a faithful thing that happened. Um, and, you know, so I ask for for those of you that are on all different sides of it, I hope that your your dialogue with one another can be um, grace-filled and, and open-minded. Um, there's no doubt there's people listening that would disagree with me. That's fine. Um, but you know, that we can have a, an open exchange of ideas, um, you know? So I think that's worth, worth considering. Um, I, I like what here's uh here's Mark Junkins says simply, I hope that at the very least society focuses more on mutual responsibility for children, both parents assuming responsibility for the consequences of their pleasure. This only makes our community stronger. Children are a blessing. We should treat them as such. Mark, thank you, brother, for the uh, for chiming in, man. Appreciate that, um, and and that's so true. There's so many facets to this as well. Um, that children really are a gift given to us by God, um, and uh, and that just can't be lost. Um, that that's something that's really happening in our country as well. Uh, is that um, we we tend to do things not for children but to children. Um, we see that in this issue. We see it in our schools. Um, we see it in our society. Um, and so a lot to unpack, but I, I hope that Christians, you know, guys, I hope you can just at some point flip the page that you got to be proud of the God that you serve. Um, be bold about the God that you serve. Um, when, when you're blessed with something that is momentous like this, that you don't need to be ashamed of it. You don't need to gloat and shove it in everybody's face, but at the same time, you should thank God for what happened. Okay. It's a good thing that happened. Um, and we can move forward with dignity and respect, but at the same time, this is a good thing. Um, and where people disagree, people disagree and that's okay. But I don't think you should, you should take a disposition of, uh, necessarily passivity or uh, guilt, shame, quiet kind of thing. Um, the, the, uh, the enemy, the, the side of culture and society that hates Christianity, hates Christians, hates God, um, has no issue with abortion whatsoever. Um, you know, they're, they're very firm in their stance and they're very out and loud about what they think and why they think. And the boldness of, of God's people is so, so important. Um, the explicitness of our love and loving our neighbor and loving our enemy is all the more important now celebrating life, celebrating children, and unapologetically doing so within the will um, and the heart and the intent and the design of our God. Um, and that when we come across broken issues that no doubt um, are out there, um, that, you know, this is, this is why the cross exists. This is, this is not necessarily a fun place to live. It's very broken. There's a good reason why Jesus came down um, to die for it all. So, 
Uh, love you guys. A lot to think about. Mark, thank you, brother, for chiming in. Appreciate you. Um, and uh, I will catch you guys next week. There's no more surprise trips coming. So I'm here. I'll be here next week. Look forward to catching your comments. Love you guys so much. Have a blessed, blessed week. Bye.